You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Adam and Eve. AdamandEve.com is like the biggest online superstore for all of your sex needs. They've got toys, they've got lingerie, they've got movies. It's pretty much a one-stop shop for everything sexy. Now you'll get 10 free gifts when you order one item, something for her, something for him, something you'll both enjoy, and six free movies, plus free shipping. All you have to do is enter code HOLLY at checkout. That's H-O-L-L-Y at adamandeve.com for your 10 free gifts. Hello, listeners. Do you love this show? Are you thinking to yourself, man, it's so great that Holly gets all this free content for us to enjoy. I wonder if there's any way that I could support her and help her to create even better content. Well, you can. And I'm going to actually give you something in return for your support. By joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, not only will you be supporting this independent endeavor, which is my podcast, but you will also get all kinds of super cool perks that are available exclusively to members of my Patreon. That means that you will be able to watch my interviews live as they happen and therefore access them way before everybody else does. You will also be able to get signed prints from my guests. You'll be able to access exclusive bonus content such as My LA Porn Life, the podcast that I do with my production manager, Eva, as well as some exclusive interviews that I do on set with some of the biggest stars in the industry. There's so much at my Patreon for you to enjoy, and I would absolutely love it if you would just go give it a peek, see if it might be worth a couple bucks for you to support the show that you love so much. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Today, I am so excited to have Monique Alexander, and actually the second shoot that she ever did was with my mom, Suze Randall. So I've known Monique since the beginning, pretty much, and it's always really fun for me to sit down with somebody who's been in the industry a long time, who worked with my mom, who, you know, kind of experienced the beginning of their career in adult in the same era that I did because there's just like, it's such a trip down memory lane. There's so many names that pop up that I haven't heard in forever. And it's just really fun to kind of reminisce about how things were. And since Monique is still working in the industry, kind of talk about how much things have changed. It really brings perspective to this new porn era that we that we live and work in. So Monique is um, a pleasure. She's also really intelligent, um, very well-spoken, and she's a great person to hear from, I think, if you're a new girl, because she really lays down honest advice about what you should do getting into the industry as a new girl, what you should expect, and, you know, that it's not 
always the right decision for everybody and it's not always perfect and it's not always easy. And I appreciate that kind of um, candid honesty and Monique definitely delivers on that. So let's welcome the one and only Monique Alexander to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Happy Halloween. If you're watching this live on my Patreon, um, if you're not, then it will not be Halloween. It will be the week after Halloween. And I hope you had a great Halloween. <laughs> but I am very excited to be back. I just got back from Italy. And my very first guest after coming back is the incredible Monique Alexander. Hello. Hello. Your trip looked amazing. Thank you. <laughs> it was fucking nuts. I had the best the be- it was like the dream trip all the way up until the very end when um, the Florence, <laughs> yeah, when I tried to come home, and I remember thinking actually the whole kind of, the whole time I was like something's gotta go wrong. This oh, trip it's just has too, been perfect. too perfect. <laughs> sure enough, just waiting for that shoe to drop. I hate that feeling. Yeah, and sure enough, you know we were in we were at the airport in Florence, and they went on strike and canceled our flight, and the next flight out wasn't until Monday, and this was on a. Friday, and I had to shoot um, Riley Reed and Alina Lopez. Oh, and you don't want to miss out on that. (laughs) Riley's next available date is literally like in the spring. Oh, so 2020. Oh, yeah. No, no joke. Like, I booked the shoot that I just did with her earlier this week. I booked that back in like January. Oh, wow. Like, she has zero availability. She's a busy girl. She is a very popular. She's a cutie. Well, she's also like, She's doing what I know you're doing and so many other girls are doing, creating their own content. So they yeah. actually don't have to shoot that much. Yes. So you guys get to really pick and choose how much you work. Yeah. And so that's kind of why, you know, it's 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 hard to book her. Well, it's nice now with the OnlyFans and the premium Snapchats and stuff like that because mm-hmm. it, it as performers, we get to take our power back. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not you know, under the rule and thumb of the industry anymore, you know, cause the industry is very political mm-hmm. and, and, and it can be like that. So you, there's favorites or whatnot. So now we don't have to rely on the industry and the companies as much anymore to, you know, pay our bills. Mm-hmm. Now we can do it ourselves, which is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and you put in your time. I mean, you've been in this industry, what, 19 years? Yeah. Long time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 20. So I hear you. Yeah. I mean, I met you when oh, I no, first 21. got in. Oh, Wow. Because, I mean, Suze, your mom, was the, mm-hmm. the second photographer ever to shoot me. Yeah. So you met me when I was brand new. And yeah. I know I was one of, like, the first girls you ever really shot. Yeah. I still, <laughs> you know what? Oh, my God. I'm so mad because I was going to bring them. I still have some <sighs> old Polaroids of you. I still like have some, some of my old, old Polaroids. OG Polaroids. People still at conventions will bring that photo that you shot of me where my hair's in the pony. It's black and white. Yes. And my hair's in the ponytail. And, and I have, we, like, dark lips. And I have, like, a chainy type of Yeah, thing we had that, like, jewelry bodysuit. And we yeah. shot you up against these awesome padded walls that uh-huh. we built that were like my favorite things ever. I actually recreated them for my own studio later. Um, those walls shot so well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I remember shooting. People will that. still come to the conventions with that. I'm like, wow, look at that baby. That's so crazy. <laughs> that was so long ago. <laughs> I know. And I remember you were the very first, and he actually only had one other crush, the very first big crush of 
our like associate <laughs> photographer, my ex boyfriend, so Thomas funny. Rifter. <laughs> How is he? He's really good. Is he's he? really good. He actually got married. He had a baby. Wow. Yeah, he lives like really close to he's me. He's all grown up and stuff. He's all grown up. So I like I'll run into him in like Trader Joe's or whatever. Um, but yeah, he's doing mainstream and he's good. That's awesome. He's yeah, good. that was good times. Yeah. So I'll have to tell him that I saw you because he was like in love with you. Oh, that's it was so really cute. cute. I was so like shy. I still am shy regardless of what people might think. <laughs> Until you get to know me, then I just don't shut up. Yeah. Like, Jesus, Monique. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like so young. I'd never, you know, been in anything like that before, done mm-hmm. anything. But yeah. your mom was the best. Suze was the best. I feel bad for all the girls that never got to shoot with her because I feel pretty honored that I got to yeah. shoot with such a legend. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because when I first started working, I was always, you know, well, first of all, I started working for my mom. I started assisting right. her. That's like before I even started shooting, I was just, you know, her assistant and working in the office. And that's how I learned. Um, and then when I started shooting, I was for so many years, just like Suze Randall's daughter. And and I wasn't, you know, I was very much under her shadow, right. which, you know, bothered me. Yeah. You know, obviously everybody always wants to be recognized for who they are on their own. Right. And I was always being compared to her. But now, you know, 21 years later, it's kind of sad because now, like, all the new people in the industry right. don't know who she is. Yeah, that's weird to me. absolutely no idea who she is. And, um, but like, you're like the young generation of her. You know what I mean? Like, everybody yeah. wants to shoot with you. Just like back when I got in, everybody wanted to shoot with your mom. So I think that's really cool. She, like, passed the torch, yeah. you know, and you're yeah. killing it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's really cool. I mean, look, like I said, it's great to, like, you know, be recognized on my own. But, yeah. like, sometimes a part of me is a little bit sad because I'm like, wow, you really, like, you don't know who my mom is. Like, so many girls. Yeah, just well, no I mean, some idea. of them don't even know what MySpace is. So <laughs> that's true. Like, it's so funny because we'll still shoot at the ranch sometimes, which is where my, you know, parents live. Yeah, I love the ranch. And, um, girls won't be aware that it's my parents' house and they won't be aware of who my mom is. And we'll be shooting and my mom will walk out and all they'll see is like this old British lady and they'll like freak out. They'll be like, oh my God, there's like this old lady over there and they're like covering up and they're like, is she going to be mad? I'm like, you have no idea. She's like, on pinky, pinky, show the pinky. <laughs> well, I know she had so many different phrases. Yeah, that, that was her way saying. of showing your, you know, the inside of your vagina. For yeah. those of you who don't know, she'd be like, pinky, show me the pinky. <laughs> what was some of her other phrases? Because everybody tells me, I mean, I remember most of them. Uh, That's poodle. the one I meant. I she remember. would call people a poodle, poodle. or a piglet. <laughs> Piglet. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Come here, little piglet. Little piglet. I remember one girl got really offended because she thought she meant she was saying that she was fat. Oh, gosh. Um, which, uh, you know, she wasn't. But No. Um, <laughs> but not knowing her personality or yeah, whatnot. And especially yeah. if you're new and you're, like, insecure. and Yeah. Which I'm sure we all are. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> who was um, – so, actually, let's start at the beginning then. How did you get into the industry? And who was the – what was the first shoot you ever did? Um, I don't even want to rem- mention this scumbag's name but I was actually a receptionist by day mm-hmm. in Sacramento, California and a stripper at night because I couldn't live off the $8 I was making as mm-hmm. a receptionist and Roy Garcia. Oh my uh, God. Uh, uh, that is a name <laughs> I haven't heard in so long. Uh, yes. He he was from Sacramento and mm-hmm. he was in the strip club that night and I remember the strip club was so dead and a guy came up put $20 at the tip rail and I was like oh shit I'm going to make some money tonight. Yeah. You know, like yeah, super yeah. stoked. And so I get off and, I, and before I could really even get anything out, he would just bombard me with, I'm so-and-so, I could get you into Hustler and blah, 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 and this and that. And I was like, all right, I'd only been dancing for a couple months, so I wasn't mm-hmm. jaded yet. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to age myself now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, I, I want to come over and take Polaroids of you. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then send them to a photographer or whatnot. You can have anybody with you, you know, so you make sure that I'm not, you know, some creep or mm-hmm. whatever. He's still a creep, but. He is still a creep. Uh, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> bad aftertaste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he took some, I had a whole bunch of friends over, a couple of friends. Um, he came over, took Polaroids. And the first photographer ever to shoot me, who scarred me very much for quite some time was Earl Miller. I know. I fucking knew it. God, he was the worst. Yeah. Do you know, you know what he does? Well, actually, I don't know if he's doing it anymore, but you know what he ended up like doing? No. So he moved to Vegas and he became a cat photographer. I'm not joking. (laughs) I'm fucking not joking. Wow. If you go to Earl Miller (laughs) photography, if you are. Shut the front door. He has pictures of like cats, like on a miniature motorcycle and like a cat, like he became like a cat. Person. He had a really, you know, he was he was not my favorite, and he was the first person I dealt with. And when I got in, I had braces on the bottom of my teeth, and mm-hmm. he didn't see those in the Polaroids. So when mm-hmm. I came down to shoot, he went livid, yeah. and so he made me really insecure about that. And then I remember we shot at a house in Malibu, and I'd never been to Malibu, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, this place is amazing!" Mm-hmm. And he brought out this big pink dildo that had like rings around it and I'd mm-hmm. never seen a dildo in my life you know yeah. I was like what is this he's like it's a dildo I was like what do you want me to do with this he's like stick it inside of you I was like what that thing's huge I can't put that inside of me yeah or like how we used to make us sit on a butt cloth when we were in the makeup chair we had to sit on a cloth kind of like the one that's on your table right now uh-huh. to make sure we didn't get any lines right so he'd make us sit on a butt cloth and then he had to curl our eyelashes himself yes I've heard that from several people yeah and then he would have you because it was back in the day of film you know and so he would have you in positions where you're like all yep. like contorted or whatnot yeah. and he'd be eating and you're just a like sandwich. Conv- full, you're convulsing because you can't hold it any longer you yeah. know and he'd be like yell at you if you'd move like an inch yeah Oh, it was the worst. But, you know, he has a really sad story. You know, yeah, he I lost know. his son and his son killed himself. Yeah. In the house. He was like yeah. 18 years old. Yeah. Really sad. So, I mean, I, I, he's still shooting pussy, though, huh? <laughs> Just a different kind. I know. It's impossible not to make that joke. It really is. He's going to walk right into that one. <laughs> yeah. It's just impossible. But he was the first. And then I believe your mom was the second photographer. And she knew. She must have been a godsend after him. She was. And she <laughs> knew that he, what he did to me and how like yeah. how self-conscious I was. I mm-hmm. mean, I was already nervous. I'd never done anything like that before in my mm-hmm. life. So to go with somebody who's so hardcore like that, he was so hard on me. So it. it it was difficult. So to be with your mom, she was godsend, you know, yeah. and she really helped me come out a little bit. Her and Stephen Hicks. Yeah. God rest his soul too. Gosh, yeah. he was such a great man. Yeah, I yeah. know. That was, yeah, that was a shock. Yeah, gosh. I remember like hearing, I thought it was a rumor and then I was like, wait, it was true? Yeah. yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Stephen Hicks was a photographer who was pretty much in the same vein as my mom and yeah. Earl Miller. I would say that he and my mom were more like... The chillest and coolest. Yeah, and they, they were like the more... Actually, I wouldn't say their work was really that similar. My mom was, was no. still very high glam. His was very natural. He, yeah. he was very, very talented. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. And, um, you know, he, of course, was my mom's like nemesis. I mean, my mom, oh. <laughs> my mom also hated Earl Miller. My mom didn't hate Stephen Hicks, I don't think. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, she, just, she hated anybody who was competition. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, like, Stephen was incredibly talented yes. you know Earl was a little dated with his stuff and he was a favorite at dated. penthouse yeah. but you know besides that yeah that was kind of it and um he always told me I was never good enough for, for penthouse so I was never in penthouse <laughs> really yeah wow 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he was he was a lovely human. Yeah. Karma <laughs> came back and bit that ass. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, Stephen Hicks was really really talented, and um, it, it's funny because the sh- the the one thing that was a sure way to get my mom to shoot you. There was two things that you could say to my mom <laughs> that would make her book you right away. And it was funny because one of the agents, John Stevens, like I think figured this out. Oh, uh, I think Roy used to do it as well. And he used to, and he would come and like the first thing he would say, because she and Stephen Hicks lived kind of close to each other. Yeah, because she had the office right off of um, Santa Malibu, Monica. Yeah, in Malibu Canyon. And he was off of Canaan. Right. And so it would always be like, okay, yeah, well, I'm taking her to Stephen Hicks right after this. And my mom would be like, what? No. Okay. Um, I want to book her this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like the one thing. Tell her, tell them that she's going to Stephen Hicks. And then the second one was tell uh, her that you ride horses. Oh, yeah. And that was like the other thing. If you rode horses, you were like in. That's why her and Stormy Daniels actually became like so tight right away was because of the horse thing. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That's really funny. I remember when she found out that she yelled. I remember her yelling at um, Roy when she found out that Earl was the first person to shoot yeah. me, she's like, how dare you send it to her first? And she was yeah. like, you know, I was like, I know. Oh, you're such a content. Like, I know. It's her like, old studio that used to be off of Santa Monica and that alley. That was a cool studio. I know. It was great. We built some really great sets in that yeah. studio. Sad. I think it's like a hat. I did my now. first boy girl thing ever. I know. In that studio, in your old van in that finally died. <laughs> finally died with my old equipment man and it was brand new at the time and yeah. it was you and Barrett Blade yeah and you guys did like this like robbery heist yeah it, it was, was so a really cool. cool concept we did a lot of cool stuff yeah. there I remember Jessica Drake and I did like a like we were welders yes yeah yes yeah I still have those Polaroids yeah 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 I probably have them somewhere too yeah I think yeah that, we had like the sparks flying yeah and everything. Like, totally not I think it was fucking, in like club or cherry back in the yeah. day when magazines were a thing totally not like OSHA <laughs> compliant <laughs> Definitely like sparks <laughs> flying everywhere. We had, we had masks. You guys were like wearing. I know, but you were wearing like pretty much nothing. Yeah, I think we we had um uh uh, uh latex stockings on yeah. that were so incredibly difficult to get on, I and then know. once they were on, they were impossible to get off. I know. Latex <laughs> stockings are really really hard. It's like putting on a huge but... body condom. Yeah, and like if any air gets in there, then there's just this huge bubble. Yeah, and it's like it's so tricky. They look sexy, but when you take them off, oh. Oof, yikes, it's gross inside. Yeah, it really is. It's a great way to like lose um, uh, some water weight in your yeah, legs. Exactly. Thank you. It's like shrink wrapping your legs. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, good times. <laughs> so you shot for Earl and then you shot for my mom. Yes. And then where did you go from there? Where did I go from there? Um, you know, because that was when magazines were still a thing and I was just girl, girl at that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've actually shot with some pretty cool legends, um, a lot that aren't around anymore. Like, um, oh my gosh, right, Clive McLean. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, he sh- also passed away. Yeah, um, Erica was great. I loved his wife. Yeah, um, I actually went to Cabo and shot at their ranch in Cabo. Yeah, I forgot she had a ranch in Cabo. Yeah, it was like one of my first girl girls. I did. I think it was for. Um, Barely Legal mm-hmm. and Hot Showers number two. I think Barely Legal 19 and Hot Showers number two. Um, I think the Barely Legal one though, I love Erica, but she wasn't the best makeup artist. Yeah. And she did my eyebrows and oh girl. Mm. <laughs> so I look, like I thought I had angry eyebrows when I walked in today. Those things were angry. I was like, what are these things? <laughs> um, but that was, and that was when the P thing was big. When Hustler came around, he yeah. shot my Hustler layout, which was amazing. And we shot it in Mexico and I have naturally crazy curly hair like yeah. you. So I had like this beautiful, crazy curly hair and I was super tan. And, um, 
it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. He was a really nice man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. It was funny because he and my mom were also, my mom just, she just fought with everybody. But it was so competitive but they were also, back then. It was. You know, because there was. was no internet. So it was. And there was only a limited amount of distributors and magazines that you yeah, could shoot. Yeah, exactly. For. Um, so yeah, her and Clive were very much like at odds, especially when they both worked at Hustler together. But oh. then actually, towards the end, like literally right before he got diagnosed, uh-huh. um, they actually like became friends and he would like come to our parties Aww. and like they would come hang out. So I love that. Yeah. So it was nice. So when, um, it ended on a good note, it for both ended of them. on a good note. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I did the girl, girl stuff. And then, um, I had like a rare girl, girl contract with Sin City. I'm just fucking throwing it way back. Oh my God. <laughs> Sin City. They are not around anymore. No. And it was back when Michael Raven was there and Scott Justice. Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> he is the devil. I've told him that to his face. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. old Scott Justice. Uh, he's done some shady things at a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a, I, I had a girl girl contract and it was back when Jessica Drake was contract girl and Jassy. Remember Jassy? Yes, she the brunette. Like, she, I think she was like Japanese. Yes. Really sweet. Really sweet. I know she was going to school to, for like criminal justice, which she's probably yes. doing that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was beautiful. Super beautiful. And I was the girl girl. I only mm-hmm. did girl girl. So that's um, kind of where I went from that. And then after that, I did girl girl for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of those B movies, Skinamax. Yeah. You know, through Robert Lombard back in the day. Yeah. I was the B movie queen. You could always find me late night. <laughs> Um, and then I think I did, I did the boy girl photo shoot with you guys. Mm -hmm. And then eventually. Because back then, like if you were going to do boy girl, you could actually just do pictures. Yeah. You didn't have to shoot video. No, you didn't. Cause like magazines were still a thing back then. And it was a big deal. So you could like ease your way into it. Mm -hmm. And then my first official boy girl was, God, what was the name of that company? I don't know if they're still around anymore, but it was one of those, um, Oh gosh, um, ones where people are, oh gosh, virtual reality type okay, of ones, yeah, yeah, type of thing. Virtual reality. I mean, I don't know if virtual reality was a thing back then though, because this hmm. is back in the early 2000s. Yeah. It was before I was with Vivid, but um, it was with um, Steven Sincroy. Oh, wow. Ooh, throwing it back again. <laughs> <laughs> he was old then. He has to be real old now. <laughs> I don't think he's in the industry anymore. No, well, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah. So it was actually supposed to be, gosh, who was it? It was supposed to be somebody else, but he flaked on me that morning. Mm-hmm. Um, he had really pretty blue eyes. Gosh, what was his name? His wife wasn't the nicest lady. Oh, I can't remember. Um, <clears throat> old school people. Yeah. But yeah. So Stephen came in and like, you know, last minute or whatever, and we did it. Um, and that was my first boy girl official, I guess, like boy mm-hmm. girl video. And then I signed with Vivid. Yeah. And yeah. how long were you with Vivid for? Four or five years. And how was that? It was great. I loved being with Vivid. I mean, when I first was with them, it, we had everybody. We mm-hmm. had Tara Patrick, Jenna Jameson, Janine. I mean, Savannah, yeah. Tawny Roberts. Like, yeah. it, we had so many girls. And the only hard part was I was the only girl that didn't have implants at the time. Mm. Can't say that now. But <laughs> <laughs> at the time, I was the only girl that had natural boobs. So when we go and do, like, promo stuff, it was... It was hard because everybody had these big ass bras yeah. and here I am like little itty bitty titty committee and yeah. it, it was really hard and I never got my boobs as a vivid girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I didn't fall into the peer pressure or whatnot, right. but I, it was definitely difficult because, you know, you're, I'm with all these busty girls and I'm like, yeah. hey, look at these little guys. <laughs> <laughs> they were cute. I mean, but. <laughs> Your boobs are lovely. They're even better now. But um, 
Um, so yeah, I was with them for quite some time and I still do a lot of stuff for Vivid. I love um, Marcy and Steven Hirsch. Mm-hmm. Um, they always referred to me as their go-to girl. Mm-hmm. So when I was with them, I got to do um, MSNBC with Rita Crosby, um, her live show that she used to have. Um, I did Fox Red Eye a couple times and then I also spoke at Yale. That's fantastic. Which was really cool. I guess Yale, I don't know if they still do it, but every other year they would like dedicate um, a week to sex education. Mm. And so um, at the time, Ron Jeremy and the X Porn Church were going around touring cap- campuses yeah, and yeah. doing debates. Um, and so they knew that we were going to, yeah. And so Ron they, Jeremy can't do that anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All these people. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Boy, do we have some stories, right? I know. Um, so... We were going to be there. Me, Savannah Sampson, Stephen Hirsch was going to be there as well. Stephen Hirsch, it, Vivid is no longer owned by the Hirsches anymore. They right. sold it and it's pretty much non-existent now. It's owned, it got bought by Gamma. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but Stephen Hirsch used to be one of the owners of uh, Vivid for those who don't know who yeah. he is. <clears throat> and so anyways, we were there. He was going to do a uh, talk about business or something. Mm-hmm. And, and so we were all there. So they asked, um, and- Nightline, Martin Bashir from Nightline, um, NBC News, I believe that is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where it's going to be there, and they were going to film Ron Jeremy, and I can't remember the guy of the Triple X Porn Church's name. I think it's like Chris or Greg or something like that. They were going to do a debate, and he had somebody on his side, and so they wanted Ron to have somebody on his side. So I got picked, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which was really cool. And so I did. I was super, super nervous. Um, but when I'm in a situation like that, I can actually be really smart. Mm. <laughs> it's like I have a switch that goes off. You know that switch you see in your house and you don't yeah. know what it goes to? It's yeah. me. <laughs> so when you're under pressure, you actually perform really well. Uh, yeah, which is surprising. You know, yeah. uh, it's like the nerves go out and I just become really smart. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I don't say no likes or ums or whatever. <laughs> And that's why I became their go-to girl because when Mm -hmm. I did the live show with Rita Crosby on MSNBC, I was so nervous, but they were just blown away by how well I carried myself. So Mm -hmm. they wanted me to represent their company and, you know, part of the industry Mm -hmm. as well. So I did it. It was a lot of fun. Um, And then right after that, I went to Australia for Sexpo Mm -hmm. and I was in my room on my break and I turned on the TV and I heard Martin Bashir's voice and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this. And it was actually the episode I was on. Oh, wow. So it was pretty cool to be, you know, all the way on the other side of the world and get to see it. So how were those interviews for you? Like, what were some of the questions that they asked you? Were there any that were really difficult for you to answer? Or did you find any that just had like this ridiculous inherent prejudice in them? Um, Definitely when we were doing the debate, like the stuff that was coming off and the things that people were saying, um, it it was frustrating. Mm-hmm. The people, was it Yale or Harvard? No, it was Yale. I was at Yale. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, the the students at Yale were really impressed, and they were they're actually very liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, that school, um, so they they were really great. I I would get a little frustrated because you know Ron wanted to always have the stage. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, yes. so he would like talk over me or not let me finish answering. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was more frustrated with. Um, but just the misconception, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, now with social media and all that. And it being more mainstream porn, it's not as taboo as it was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are a little more privy to, you know, what the industry is really about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the judgment isn't as bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not as bad. You know, people are a little more aware. Um, but just like, I think the hardest part is the girls or the men that come into the industry and then they blame the industry for all their problems. Like when they were in it and they were making all the money and all this, it was great. But then when they leave and then all the stigma that sticks with them, then it's all of a sudden our fault. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you know, nobody, let me rephrase this. At the end of the day, nobody held a gun to my head and asked me, me do anything. Mm -hmm. But I do understand that there are some, 
people in this industry that aren't as strong-minded or strong-willed mm-hmm. as myself that I know when to say no. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't do boy girl till I was ready. Mm-hmm. I didn't do a lot of things till I was ready. But some girls, because they're agents or because the pressure of the industry, feel they have to do things. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. But at the end of the day, you have a choice. Yeah. So to put that blame on somebody else, I, I feel like it's kind of equal, you know? There's a lot more information to these days with the internet. Like yes. if you want to really research the industry and kind of explore your options, right. you can do that. Right. You can go online and you can find a lot of information. It was actually interesting. A new girl in the industry that I've shot a couple of times, Savannah Bond from Australia, she actually did a lot of research before she decided to come in and start shooting. And she said that it was actually um, my podcast, uh-huh. this podcast. And I think also Asa Akira's. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the, her, the, Pornhub, pod- the Pornhub yeah. podcast. Uh, or maybe it was just her writings. But anyways, those were the two <clears throat> things that kind of like encouraged her, inspired her to get in the industry. And so she learned a lot from listening to the stories with all the people that I have on. Um, so there's, you know, and she researched her agent. So like, if you do your research, like you can gather the information to make the right decisions. But if you're just going to kind of impulsively jump in and let yourself, you know, get dragged in by some, you know, agent who's going to take advantage of you, there are plenty of those people that can definitely happen. But you, you do have the information at hand now to make the right decisions where before the internet came along, that wasn't. That wasn't true. Yeah. And I mean, I, my agent, when I got in, Roy was a scumbag, um, but I didn't let him tell me what to do. I'm very strong minded. I'm like, right. you know, at the end of the day, I have to lay my head on the pillow and sleep with myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to do anything that's going to compromise my self-worth, mm-hmm. you know, or how I feel. So <clears throat> when things were happening or whatnot, I was like, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people would get scared because they feel pressured into it, but I was girl, girl for so long that a lot of people in the business thought I was a lesbian that yeah. I didn't even like men. And I'm like, no, yeah. I just, I wanted to know the industry. Cause at that time, you know, there was no internet where I could research it. Right. So for me, I, you know, I was like, look, <clears throat> I'm 19 years old. I want to know the industry and I want to know what it is. Cause at the end of the day, I have to live with this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did girl, girl for so long and just the modeling because it wasn't so taboo as, you know, a penis going inside of you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so I I got to know it. I got to know the people. I got to know the companies. And, you know, the industry is big, but it's quite small. Mm-hmm. And so I got to know my surroundings and everything before I made the leap into doing boy girl and moving further. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, and what a lot of people don't realize, especially now in this day with social media and the internet, that if you're coming in here for a quick paycheck and you think nobody's going to find out, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, let's keep it real. Like no sugar on top of that. You're an idiot. Like if somebody wants to find it, they're going to find it and yeah. it's never going away. And that's what I tell girls that I meet when I'm in the strip clubs, feature dancing or whatnot. They're like, I want to be in the business. And I say, look, it's not easy. It's not all, you know, puppy dogs and ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work and it's not as easy as it might look. Yeah. Or glamorous by any means. <laughs> so, you know, and I was like, if you think nobody's going to find out, everybody's going to find out. Mm -hmm. Somebody who has a vendetta or who's jealous or anything will go out of their way to find whatever it is that you might have done. So just know once you do something, it is on the internet forever. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like if you do one scene, you may as well do a thousand. Exactly. Because that one will be found. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and, and like you said, the internet is permanent. Yes. It's not going anywhere. It's just getting bigger. (laughs) What do you think is the greatest misconception that people have about the adult industry? Uh, that we have orgies every day and that we're these crazy, you know, like. Wait, we don't? <laughs> we don't? 
well, what the fuck? What have I been doing? <laughs> right? <laughs> I thought everyone looked at me kind of weird when at the end of a long, yeah. like, you know, 15 hour shoot day, I'm like, okay, now we all have sex. Yeah. You know, I hit the biggest, I think that's the biggest misconception. And that's the most frustrating thing about social media mm. and how we are so available to the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> It's obviously the worst with younger people and people in different countries, Mm -hmm. but they feel because we do what we do that we're almost like we're not human Mm -hmm. and that they can speak to us any way that they choose and that they can tell us daily how they would like to fuck us or Mm -hmm. (laughs) this or that or, you know, or how much, how much for one night? I'm not for sale. Yeah. You know, uh, let, let me let me throw something out there. I shot May was the last time I shot a scene. I haven't had sex since then. <laughs> so we don't have orgies every day. <laughs> I mean, some girls do. Some girls like to, you know, have sex all the time. I'm obviously a bit older, um, but that's just not my thing. I've never had a one night stand. I, I I don't just randomly see a guy in the street and be like, hey, let me suck your dick. Yeah. Like, but there is. Don't get me wrong. There is girls in the business that like to do things like that. Right. And that's that's cool. That's their thing. That's not mm-hmm. me. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, yeah the idea that everybody's the same. Yeah, and we're not. We're all like we're all different people. The only thing that's the same is we all bleed the same, and we all have feelings, you mm-hmm. know. And we're all human beings, so you know, take that into consideration <laughs> before you send that dick pic that we don't want. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your biggest piece of advice uh, to a new girl coming into the industry? Uh, my biggest piece of advice is don't ever do anything for a paycheck, and don't do anything that you don't want to do. You know, they're going to pressure you into doing things. But at the end of the day, you need to know your worth and and do what you're comfortable with. Because if you start to do things that you're not comfortable with, it's going to come out in other ways. And that's usually when girls start taking pills, drinking, getting addicted to drugs, you know, and then they just have this terrible experience. I've been in the industry for 19 years and it's been a great experience. I don't really think I've ever had any bad things that have happened. You know, I don't think I've ever been in any bad situations that I can think of because I try to keep myself out of those, you know? Um, but just know, you know, you have your power, you, you know? So don't let somebody take it from you. Right. And, and it's never going anywhere. So if you think you're going to come in here for a quick paycheck and, you know, whatever, you're silly because it's, it's not, it's not easy. It's a lot of work and it, it's, it's a lot more nitty gritty than you think. <laughs> This is true. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're actually going to take some um, questions from listeners that we're going to play play live here on the show. So uh, we'll be right back. Awesome. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Dipsy. You're busy. Your inbox is full of unread emails. There's dinner to make and you haven't taken a deep breath since yesterday. Why not take a moment to reconnect with yourself and prioritize your pleasure with Dipsy Stories? Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions designed to turn you on. They're all created with women in mind, they're relatable, and they are immersive. And their guided sessions can help unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your current partner. They add three brand new stories a week, so there is never not new content to indulge in. You will always find something new at Dipsy. Whatever you're in the mood for, Dipsy always keeps it real and hot. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash holly. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to dip 
seastories.com slash holly. That's dipsystories.com slash holly. Reward yourself with some sexy audio content made just for you. Over 20 years in the adult industry, and I've seen a lot of naked people. In my line of work, making sure your private parts look their best is absolutely required. An unmanicured man bush is a huge no-no, whether you're getting naked in front of the camera or just in front of your sex partner. However, the landscape of male genitalia can be tricky to navigate, which is why I'm loving this new trimmer, Manscaped. The Manscaped Lawn Mower 2.0 will not only get you cleaned up without nicks or snags, but it also comes with an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. My boyfriend just used it, and let's just say it was... It was lovely. This is the perfect gift for your man. Or, if you're a man, treat yourself to this revolutionary new electric trimmer. Go to manscaped.com and use my code HOLLY to get 20% off with free shipping. That's manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com and use my code H-O-L-L-Y to get 20% off plus free shipping. Okay, we are back and we're actually going to take some questions from some listeners who have left me a voicemail (laughs) at my Google voicemail (laughs) account, which you can do as well. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but uh, you can find it somewhere. (laughs) Oh, 424. 216. 216. 6967. 6967. I'm glad I'm so fucking prepared for this. I thought it was going to be like 6969. That'd be easy to remember. Okay. All right. Let's listen to the first question. Hi, Monique. This is Michael from Belmore, New York. I was just wondering, what is your favorite uh, decade of porn, uh, the 2000s, or now? Thank you. Bye. Okay, so... I mean, I guess they're technically both in 2000s, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? It sounds weird to me still when people say, like, early 2000s. I'm like, is that... Is that like now, like a decade ago? Is that like now, like a time period? You know what I mean? I like get, the I 90s? Guess. But yeah. I think oh. probably what he's asking is... I mean, you've been in the industry 19 years. Yeah, I've definitely watched it change. 21. Yeah, Yeah. so it's changed a lot. So Mm -hmm. how do you feel about the industry now versus maybe when you started? Do you have a preference over one or the other? Um, Let's see. The cool thing about it now, what I love is that it's not so taboo. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's really cool. Um, You know, it's more like, this is crazy, but, you know, girls and guys in high school are like, whoo, let's do porn, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, everyone wants to be the next Jenna Jameson, or, you know, or whatever, or whoever the big name girl is these days. Um, but, so I think that's really cool um, that it's not as taboo and people are becoming more open about their sexuality. And I think that's awesome. Um, the one thing I don't probably like about this generation is just, there's just so many people you know it's just not as back in the day like I don't really back when I started back in my day <laughs> my day when I had to walk to school in the snow barefoot and gas was not nonsense <laughs> <laughs> oh shit um you know back in the day I I missed the glamorness the glam the glamorness the 
is that a rest? not really a word, is I it? I don't think so. I think you just say <clears throat> glamour. The glamour of it, you know, of, of, of the box covers and the contract girls and, and the big features and, you know, the time that was taken to shoot those things. I really missed that, mm-hmm. you know, and the, and the porn stars, like I, I love these new people that come in. They're like, I'm a porn star. Bitch, you ain't a porn star. <laughs> sorry, but not sorry. Like, you know, it's not like back in the day when, when we started and, you know, you were like a big contract girl and you, it was just, it was, it was such a different era, you know, especially like when the AVNs used to be at the Venetian and it was, oh, it was like, Venetian. I miss uh, it was like the, the academies Venetian. for the porn stars, you know, it, it was the biggest convention center. The Sands Convention Center is the biggest, I believe yeah, in Las Vegas. Yes. And we would take over the whole thing and yeah. the, their award show was just out I got goosebumps right now it was just out of this world and for all the new generation of girls that are in like I they think what what is happening now is so cool I'm like girl you don't know nothing (laughs) like (laughs) back in the day I just remember my first AVN I was actually a trophy girl and I just remember my first AVN just being like wow like what is this world you know um I miss that a lot Mm -hmm. um just that you know it, it that's what I miss the most but I do love you know the newness of how it's you know, more acceptable and things like that. But I do, I remember when anal was like a big deal. Now it's like, if you don't do anal, they're like, oh, bye. Like, I remember, you know, what was it? Chloe, Chloe. Oh, well, I think she just went by Chloe the redhead. Yes. I used to call her fisting Chloe. (laughs) She was always getting fisted. (laughs) But I think she only went by Chloe. I don't think she had a lot of I think it was. And she was a Metro girl, right? Or Mm -hmm. like a, or one of those. Yeah. And and I remember... (laughs) I remember when she won and she thunk her, she thunk, she thanked her mother <laughs> for, for her, she won like best, I don't even think anal was actually a category back then, but she was like one of the first girls, her and Belladonna, you know, they're yeah. like the first girls to do that type of stuff. Now it's like, how raunchy can you get? And yeah. and I don't like that. Like not all of us want, you know, to be beaten up and have spit in our face and bleh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I miss, I miss that old you know, like romantical type of stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> and the you, glamour. So I miss the glamour. Are your favorite kinds of scenes more like feature driven scenes? <gasps> no, actually. <laughs> you know, when I was with Vivid, I did feature so much. So that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. And then I never knew the Gonzo world. Mm-hmm. And then Gonzo became huge once mm-hmm. the internet broke or whatever. And that's where it changed a lot. And I, and I, I, I like the easiness of Gonzo. Yeah. But I don't necessarily like what all of Gonzo represents, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I, I love the easiness of it. No yeah. soft core, not much dialogue. Oh, you, so don't, nice. you don't spend 15 hours I, on set, on set. <laughs> and then like literally you spend 15 hours shooting like the dialogue mm-hmm. and then like 40 <laughs> minutes shooting the sex. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't miss those days at all, but I mean, part of me kind of does cause they were fun. It was good times mm-hmm. back in the day, you know? Um, and we really worked hard and we were really proud of what, the product we were putting out there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of part of the reason why I've taken it back from shooting mm-hmm. because I've been around for so long. Like I just, I'm kind of over just shooting the basic, like, Oh, Hey, doctor office, you know, type mm-hmm. of stuff. Like I kind of want my scenes now to be worth something, mm-hmm. you know? And, and for instance, like I'm shooting um, my first scene since March um, next month. And it's the new year's Eve scene that will be for browsers. Um, so I'm excited about that. Cause it's something cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And the last movie I shot was with, for Danny D over in England. Awesome. I love it over there. And it was such a cool concept and a lot of dialogue. And I did Grind Bar as well that Brando shot with mm-hmm. Abigail Mack, adore her, and Lena Paul, love her too. 
And it was so fun. So I like stuff like that. So I guess, I guess now, cause I'm getting older, I kind of miss the features. Mm-hmm. I miss the substance mm-hmm. a little bit. I still like the other stuff, but for me, I'm at a point where I don't want to just shoot the gonzos anymore. I kind of want to shoot something that means something again. Right. So are you back to shooting again? Cause you took a break or are you? Like where, where are you at right now? Well, I took a break, you know, I lost my dog in February and I had her for 18 years and it was her time and, and it was really hard. Um, and I was featured, I featured dancing almost every single weekend. Mm -hmm. And like I said, just shooting the basic scenes, I just wasn't for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And now like with the premium accounts, I don't have to rely on that. So, you know, I have my only fans account and I put a lot of work into that. Mm -hmm. So between doing that and being on the road every weekend, just shooting the basic, you know, scenes like the doctor's office or whatever. Like I was just like, I'm good. So I took a break. Um, Kieran Lee actually texted me this morning before I got here. I'm like, I'm trying to get ready. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, text me and asked me if I would do um, a scene. And I, I was actually going to say no, because I'm supposed to be um, out of town that week. And um, he's like, it's for the New Year's Eve thing. And I was like, all right, well, it's something like that. It's going to be an anal scene. <laughs> so everybody likes it in the butt. Well, likes to see me get in the butt for sure. Um, so I was like, and it's with Scott Nails, who's an old school legend as yeah. well. I love Scott. Um, so I was like, all right. And I, and I love Kieran as well. So I was like, okay, I'll definitely do it. So for me, I shoot mostly now just for my OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Um, but if cool stuff comes along or if it's with, you know, somebody I really want to shoot with, I'm totally down. But like, I'm just, I would rather leave, you know, like I said, you know, hot teacher up whatever, you know, whatever those sites are called. Big tits at work. There's a good one. Yeah. Like, if it's going to be something like that, like I'm good. Yeah. You know, I would, I, I just don't need to really be putting out that type of content. Yeah. You want to be more selective about what you're doing. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, I guess I'm kind of going back to my old ways of like, oh, I want to be bougie and do features all the time. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> if you can't, if you're in a position where you can do that, I think that's fucking great. Yeah. And I'd like that now because now I do have a choice. Yeah. And that's, that's the cool thing. Like I was saying earlier about the premium accounts is we have our power back. So now we don't have to do, you know, it's almost like an actor when they first, like a real mainstream actor, mm-hmm. when they first get into the industry, they kind of have to do everything mm-hmm. because they're trying to get themselves out there and they want the exposure and they need the money or whatnot. But now we're at a place where we don't have to do those type of things right. anymore. You yeah. know, I don't have to be, I, oh, I hate one thing I cannot stand about new porn is the step mommy, step, oh, yeah. step step, like I despise that. And I refuse to shoot those type of scenes. Right. Um, so I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the first person to say that. That's Ugh, It makes me sure. so uncomfortable. So I don't have to do that type of stuff anymore. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. We're going to play our next uh, question. It's from Ellen. Ellen, I know you left this a long time ago and I'm sorry it took me so long to get to it, but we're going to get to it now. Better late than never. I know. Hi, Holly. Um, this is Ellen. I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm in my 30s. Just a normal gal, I guess, in some ways. Anyway, um, I love your podcast. Um, I think your podcast does an exceptionally, well, great job humanizing uh, pornography and making it a respectable career. These women are so intelligent and lovely. Everyone that you interview and including yourself, because you're an excellent interviewer, um, <laughs> is intelligent. Um, you know, sometimes when they're speaking, I, it's almost palpable. I can, you know, I can um, imagine the scene they're talking about or what they're going through. And you really have this kind of um, way of getting people to open up. And it's I just enjoy every minute of it. So I've been kind of on a binge lately. But um, <laughs> I heard about you first through John Ronson. I'm a big fan of his. And... Um, 
I love his podcast. And of course, you know, your name floated around there and, um, I'm a subscriber and I just want to say you're doing a great job. Um, I would love as far as, um, so I've always kind of been curious about pornography and, um, just like, you know, wondering myself, like, could this be something I'd be interested? Anyway, um, I'd be interested to hear about, I know this is, I don't know how to say this like tactfully, but like the gross aspects of it, like what happens when someone has an anal scene and there's like feces, like, I know this is gross, but I'm like, what, what do you guys, like, I feel like I'd freak out. Like what, when something gross happens, like how, what does this set do to kind of manage it and maintain a professional environment? Like, like a porn blooper, I guess. Um, I'm trying to ask that like, in a sincere manner, not like jokingly <laughs> in a trolling way, but like, cause that's like the one thing that like freaks me out about it. It's just like, we're all human and we have gross stuff that comes out of our bodies. Like how do you deal with that around strangers or fellow actors um, and performers? So um, that's something I'm curious to hear about, but I'm sure it's been discussed. I've heard a lot of your podcasts. Maybe I missed it. Um, okay. Thank you. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, my phone number. No, my email is. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, we don't need. She's adorable. She's super adorable. Yeah, we don't need the rest of the world uh, contacting her. Well, let me tell you about my poop situation. Yeah, all of a sudden her her thing's just blowing up. (laughs) Her shit is just blowing up. (laughs) Well, thank you, Ellen, for that question. I uh, it's it's happened. Mm -hmm. Um, It and you know I don't know. And Monique, obviously, um, you can probably you're probably a better person to answer this question because you're the person who's actually in the physical body, the the contact situation. But for me, it doesn't really freak me out because first of all, I'm jaded. I've been in this industry forever. I've seen it all. And I also too feel like we're kind of like this big family and we understand that these things happen and we know that people are human and we know that this that, that sometimes accidents occur and yeah. it's, and it, I mean, look, it's, it's not like someone who's ever like literally like blown diarrhea all over the wall or anything Ugh. like that. If that happened, I might be a little bit concerned, but you know, there's been like, I'm sure some guys have some pretty crazy stories about some girls doing that to them. <laughs> I am not one of those girls. <laughs> Cody Steele actually has a, re- I think it was Cody Steele had a really good, uh, really good, um, story about that. But what do you think? Um, <clears throat> that was like my always, obviously my biggest fear, you know, with doing anal is like pooping on somebody. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to shit on anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, like for what I do is, you know, this is everybody's different. Everybody's bodies are different. Um, so for instance, what I do is like, I stop eating the night before at a certain time and I don't eat until the, the scene is over. Mm-hmm. And so like the night before, like I clean my butthole out and I don't use like an enema with the actual stuff in it. I empty that out and put water in the enema and do that. And then I do it. And like stretch out my butt that night. And then on set, you know, they give us time to do that as well. Um, I have worked with some girls because not everybody likes to douche. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not healthy to douche all the time, but um, sometimes you have to, especially when it's porn, you have to because nobody wants to see all the cream. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had some girls that have, you know, smelled pretty bad, but it's all about tact. Mm-hmm. I actually have a really funny story okay. from Earl Miller. Oh. Oh, this is a good one. Brand new in the business. Okay. So one of his assistants, they always used, he always used to gloss up your pussy. Yeah. So he had this little thing and his assistant would come in and you'd be like, you know, all contorted or whatever. And he'd come in and he'd gloss up your vagina and gloss up your butthole. What did he use? It was probably like a lube, but he had like a Q-tip or whatever. And just to make it look shiny. Yeah. And so I remember this one time I'm like, you know, it was 
like probably one of the first times shooting with him. And no, it was probably a while because I was actually a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And his assistant was like digging in my asshole. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sorry. You have a little poop in your butt. And I said, oh my God, it's a birth. It's a beauty mark. I have a beauty mark in my butt. Oh bubble. no. <laughs> But I was so embarrassed because it was before I ever did girl girl or anything. And I'm like, yeah. this guy's like thinking I have butt or butt yeah. uh, that I have poop in my butt. And I'm like, I was so mortified, but I'm like, no, it's a beauty mark. Then he looked and he's like, oh shit, you're right. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. That is 100% happened to me too, where I've looked at a girl and same thing. She had a mall or a beauty mark mm-hmm. and from far away, I can't fucking tell. Right. Right. And, um, I've had, yeah, I pulled him aside. I'm like, do you have like a mall or like, you know yeah. what I mean? And then there was this one girl that I shot, this European girl and her, <laughs> There was something up with their pussy lips. It was kind of weird. Like they got real dark at the ends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like real dark, like more so than others. And she looked like it looked from far away, like dried blood. Oh, no. And I was like, you need to wipe. And then like she did. And it was the same. And I was like, oh, shit. And then she told me, she's like, my lips just look like that. And I was like, ah. That's, but it's like you don't want to not say anything and then yeah, that, that, be that case and then yeah. Right. So I, I you know it it happens. All the things happen. You get you get the you know the girls that start their periods mm-hmm. or you know I mean that's happened to me where you know and that's what <laughs> hi by the way, if you're on your period, you, you still got to go to work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Even yeah. as a stripper. I remember when I was a house dancer and I asked the girls I go so when um this is before I was in porn. So I was like, um, so what happens when we're on our period? Do we like not have to work? And that girl started laughing at me. They're like, girl, you just tuck the string in. And I was like, oh, they're like, either tuck it in or cut it out, cut it off. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. No problem. So then it happened. And so I cut it off, right? Couldn't get the tampon out. Oh, no. And I had to have my ex-boyfriend come over and take it. He got it to like one level. This is before porn. Now I could care less. Yeah. Because being in porn, you're so jaded and you're so used to seeing that shit. Yeah. Like, when we have to shoot scenes and, and, and wear sponges when we're on our period, like, I'll make the guy dig it out because I call it sponge diving because yeah. they'll shove it so far up. <laughs> with their penis. With their penis that I can't get in there and get it. Yeah. So then I'll like go in a pile driver so it opens it up and I make them fish hook it out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just so normal for us. I'd yeah. be more embarrassed with a civilian, with somebody yeah. who isn't in porn, but we're just so used to it. But if I pooped on somebody in like real life, I'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's happened. I was shooting an anal scene once and the girl had done an enema, but I think like not all the water Ooh. had come out. Oh yeah, I've had that happen. And, or she enema too much in her butthole. So there was like water in there. I've had that happen. Yeah. And so like when she was, we were doing a position, she came up and there was a little bit of like, and I think it was mostly just like brown water. Yeah. Um, and she ran to the bathroom and like freaked out and wouldn't come out for like 20 minutes. And I was like, it's okay. And the guy was like, dude, it's fine. Like this happens. And I was like, it's okay. It's so embarrassing. Like I'm going to, I can't believe I'm going to tell you guys this right now. But when we were shooting the finale for Browser's House mm-hmm. um, 2, I had never done a DP. So I was like, I'm going to win this shit and I'm going to do a DP, right? Mm-hmm. So it's Kieran and Xander. Mm-hmm. Kieran's on the bottom. And Xander's on the top. And um, Xander's in my vagina, basically. Kieran's in my butt. And we're doing it. And I, <laughs> I shit all over Kieran. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And because we're filming it. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm wiping. I'm so embarrassed. But I was like, thank God it was him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if I could shit on anybody. <laughs> thank God it was Kieran. <laughs> that was the worst. So now I'm very, because when you're in a DP, it's like a whole nother level of like letting yourself go yeah and I didn't really think I was going to do anything like that in that so I wasn't as um prepared I guess I I didn't you know I yeah I ate 
past a certain time, you know, type of thing and, and whatnot. So I, now I, I refuse to, cause I don't ever want that happen to happen again, yeah. but I'm glad it happened to Kieran. His wife, Kirsten Price is one of my closest friends. Yeah. So I was like, yo, I shit on your husband today. She's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to do yeah. that. <laughs> so I can't believe I just told you guys that. <laughs> That's awesome. But that was the only time, but I'm not gonna lie. I was so embarrassed. She's like, Mo, it's fine. It's totally fine. I was like, thank God it was you. Like, thank you, Jesus. It was him. <laughs> So yeah, so Ellen, to answer your question, it happens <laughs> yeah. and we just kind of roll with the punches yeah. and it's just like one of those things. You, you know, it's like you just sweep it under the rug. You clean yeah. it off and you get back on. Sure, you just get right back on that horse. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, oh my God. Okay, so the last thing I want to ask you about before we wrap up okay. is about two years ago, you did like a PSA um, for parents, like- talking about how important it was to talk to your kids about sex um, and porn. Because basically now, you know, porn is out there. It's all over the internet and, you know, really young kids have access to porn and it's just like kind of part of, it's just the reality now. And so you did this PSA um, talking to parents about how it's really their responsibility to talk to their kids about that. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, um, A producer who used to work for... Uh, Playboy, she reached out to me. Um, basically, it was a French woman and an Australian woman, and they're part of like a really big mainstream like marketing company or whatnot. And they'd had this idea for quite some time, but they didn't know how to go about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so when um, Mindy came along, she was like, I know the perfect person. You know, you, you need to have porn stars be a part of this. Um, I know Derek Pierce was in it as well. Mm-hmm. So was um, Ryan McLean. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like the main focus or whatnot. And so they had this great script and it was it was great. Um, very educational. It educated me on a lot of stuff that I wasn't aware that, you know, the most, the earliest that kids see porn is, you know, like 12 years old, mm-hmm. which is wild. But I do get a lot of fans who are like, oh, I've been watching you since. I'm like, don't, don't. Don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Um, So basically, it was more an educational, sex educational thing for the parents, letting the parents know is their responsibility to teach their their children what sex, what sex is, that they shouldn't, you know, that their children need to not know that porn, let me rephrase this, a lot of children or teenagers or young, you know, young adults, they see porn and they think that's what sex is. Mm -hmm forgetting that it's a fantasy you know it we're still all acting yes we're enjoying each other but at the end of the day it's it's acting just mm-hmm. like when you see it you know something on tv mm-hmm. i remember when i was a kid watching dirty dancing and thinking that you know jennifer gray and patrick swayze were really married <laughs> you know it's and i get that because when you're young you think things that you see are real right so i can understand why you know young kids or whatnot see these type of things and they think they're real mm-hmm. so basically it was teaching telling the parents that they need to be responsible to educate their children to let them know that this is, you know, porn and, you know, basically it's a fantasy. It was really cool. It didn't get as much traction as I was hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think a lot has to do on their side though too, cause they put it out and they didn't really tell me about it. Mm. So then I know like maybe I don't know, recently, like maybe what in this year or something, somebody had posted it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so then I retweeted it and a lot of you guys like retweeted it and whatnot and it got out there, but I wish they would have told me because there were so many other, I could have taken that to browsers or, you know, Pornhub. We could have really, really gone far with it. I mean, you're the audience. Like you're the, you're the person who has the audience that this needs to go to. Right. So like, why wouldn't they have you? Yeah. Yeah. They had me be a part of, they were great. I mean, they, they, they sent me this huge thing of flowers and they were totally awesome, but I was a little disappointed that they didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, include me on it because they had like, some other type of show that it was part of. I don't, I don't remember what it's called, but mm-hmm. um, basically it was 
for parents, for adults, like, hey, like, it's not our responsibility to teach your children what sex education is, but this is where they're learning it. So you need to be responsible as a parent and tell them what sex is. Right. Yeah. Do you think that there's any way that we can kind of, because, you know, the issue with porn becoming sex education for kids is becoming something that's more and more talked about. Right. Is there anything that you can think of that we could do to kind of help that? Or is it really all on the parents? Um, I just recently had CBS ask me this question. And even though the show hasn't come out yet, yeah. um, I feel like I answered it very badly. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was very tired and it was like a t- it was like a two-hour interview. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'll come out sounding like a genius. But if I come out <laughs> sounding like an idiot, they got a lot of footage of me answering questions very poorly so oh you're silly I'm sure they were great we'll see I I didn't at the end of the day I mean it's definitely there's so much there's only so much we can do right you know with you can't enter the site if you're 18 or older but the parents have to monitor what their children are watching and looking Mm. at that's that's not on us there's nothing we can do about that I think it would be really cool if like some of the bigger companies though did kind of do what I did for that mainstream company Mm -hmm. and put something like that out there so it's on a higher platform Mm -hmm. so it's getting into more areas you know yeah instead of like that was i don't think it went very far right you know what i mean right excuse me i mean i know pornhub has been doing a lot of kind of advocacy stuff and you know they did the whole thing about saving the bees with the bee movie thing and then yeah they've done a lot of cool stuff yeah yeah Yeah. and i know back in the day browsers did like a whole condom campaign Mm -hmm. um i remember when we when we we had the ice cream truck in times square and yeah and whatnot, and but I just think maybe the, what we could do is be more diligent and do it more often than just like you know every now and again. Maybe mm-hmm. like something we do you know monthly or yearly or right. every six months, yeah. you know, or something. Make a bigger deal about it so that it gets to more places where it's actually sent to people who actually don't watch porn. Right. You know what I mean? Like like where we could get it picked up on something like ABC or NBC or Nightline News or something where they actually do a story about it. So then people who hate porn or don't watch porn or whatever actually see the PSA mm-hmm. and are like, oh shit, like this is actually a good idea. Like I didn't something know that. that. Yeah. You know, you think about. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people think like my kids aren't watching porn and my kids are too young. And yeah. it's like, no. you have no idea what your kids are doing. Exactly. Like it just seems like, you know, parents are always really. Um, naive, naive. Yes, because they don't want to. Not my kid. My kid would never. I know. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> your kid's probably stealing your pills from your yeah. your medicine cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kids these days are what like soaking tampons and like putting them in to get soaking tampons and like alcohol and like putting them yeah. inside themselves to get drunk. Like what the I, hell? I, <laughs> I did old school drugs when I, I was a kid. I looked into that. Like I'll admit, like during my drinking days, I was like, would that work? <laughs> Oh, it's like, like a fire no, in your I, vagina. I, I, no joke. Like, looked. I was like, would that work? Because, like, you know, people can smell the vodka in my breath. Maybe if I did the tampon thing. But then I read all these things that, like, basically said it was a terrible idea. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just keep drinking it I and think just, I... you know, putting, just taking mouthwash all the time, thinking that people don't know. Don't smell it sweating out of you. Yeah, people can't tell. Whatever. Oh, the good old days. The good old days. Thank God, not anymore. Young and dumb and, and full of cum. <laughs> oh, that was shit. a great series. Is that series? That series is gone now, isn't yeah, it? That yeah. was that was good. Yeah, that was real good. I can't remember what it was called, but. It was called Young, Dumb, and Full of Cum. Oh, was that what it was called? Yeah, there was oh, a whole okay. series called Young, Dumb, and Full of Cum, like one, two. I don't know who put it out, but 
Actually, I'll be honest. I've never watched a single one of those videos. I just like the title. Yeah, great title. Great yeah, title. Like, title can get you anywhere. It's just so <laughs> terrible. It's just great. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, Monique. It was such a pleasure to see you. No problem. Thanks for having me. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media, where they can find like your OnlyFans, okay. like where they can see all this content that you're independently producing? Um, yeah, I have my Twitter. It's Monique, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E, and it's Alexande because my name was too long for Twitter. Um, so it's A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E. Um, and in the bio, or yeah, it's like the bio, right? Mm-hmm. In the bio, there's a link to my OnlyFans, which mm-hmm. is OnlyFans, Monique, Alexande, M-O-N. Yeah, because it's usually OnlyFans <clears throat> slash whatever your Twitter handle is. Yeah, right? so it's OnlyFans yeah. um, is my Twitter handle. And then there's my Instagram, which is Real Monique Alexander. Fantastic. Yeah, so follow me. Let's hang out. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we look forward to seeing your new anal scene for browsers. Thank you. Oh, and um, December 7th, if anybody's out in New York, I'll be dancing at Sapphire 60. One night, one show, midnight, December 7th, New York, Sapphire 60. Fantastic. <laughs> and you guys can follow me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. Don't forget to support the show. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Also, I will be at the 2020 AVN show, and I will be doing this podcast from the Adult Time booth. So come by, say hello, um, and, you know, tell me how, like Ellen, tell me how much you love the show. <laughs> I'm like, was she going to have a question or is she just, you know, puffing up your ego? Oh, I was fine with that. I was like, I could just sit here and listen to Ellen talk about how great I am all day. This is good. Just how long is that voicemail? <laughs> 10 minutes. Leave. Keep it going. Yeah, Ellen, you can leave a voicemail like that anytime you want. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. We will see you next week. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you like my podcast, please make sure to give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It helps me a lot. If you're not listening to me on the iTunes platform, then you can support me in so many other ways. Um, first of all, obviously, I would love it if you would join my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, where not only will all of the donations that I get go towards making this podcast better, but also I offer really, really cool perks in exchange for your support. Um, don't forget that I have a new podcast called My LA Porn Job that I am doing with my assistant, Eva, and it is fucking hilarious. And it is available only on my Patreon for only $5 a month. So that's pretty, pretty cheap. And I promise we will make you laugh and we'll give you even more insight into this fascinating business that I work in. You can also join my Facebook group. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash Holly Randall Unfiltered to get access to other exclusive news about the podcast as well as just join our community. Don't forget too that I videotape all of my podcast interviews and you can access all of those at my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash C slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. You can also email us hollyrandallunfiltered at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail to maybe ask a question for one of my upcoming guests or just leave a comment or tell us a crazy story or anything that you want to say, you can call us at 424-216-6967. So please 
send us an email, leave us a Facebook message, leave us a Patreon message, um, leave us a voicemail, and we will maybe get back to you on the show, um, especially the new podcast that I'm doing with Eva, my LA porn job. We'll definitely be uh, responding to some of your messages. And overall, we just want to hear back from you guys, want to know how we're doing, what you love about the show, what you hate about the show, who you want to listen to. All of that feedback is super valuable to help me make this show the best that it can be. One last piece of news. I plan on going to the 2020 AVN convention in Las Vegas, and I'm going to bring you this podcast live from the show floor. So that's another reason why I need your financial support, because that's going to be a very expensive trip for me. And um, I'm definitely not making the kind of income from the show yet to cover it, which is fine, but I hope to eventually get there one day. And with your help, I hopefully will. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you guys for supporting. I appreciate you so much. And um, I'm still like kind of flabbergasted that this show has done as well as it has. And I'm just super grateful for all of you. Next week on the podcast, I was so excited to actually be able to schedule Alina Lopez. As some of you may know, I had her scheduled to come in and then I had to cancel, which I never do, but it was because my dog got sick and she's such a busy girl that I was sure there was no way I'd be able to interview her until 2020. And it just so happened that some cancellations occurred and she was able to come in. So I'm really thrilled to be able to have had her in and um, we have a very like deep, insightful, and pretty powerful interview. So you guys do not want to miss that. So make sure that you come back next week for Alina Lopez on Holly Randall Unfiltered. 